88.3 WLIWFM, Long Island's only. NPR station. That's the band Hooray for the Riff Raff. As we ask for your support by either going to our website at WLIWFM.org or giving us a call at 800-262-0717. And it is my pleasure to have on both video and audio conference a great supporter of this radio station, Alec Baldwin. Alec, nice to see you. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you okay, hear me? There we go. Great. <clears throat> I can hear you. I can see you. It's good to see you. Yeah, you too. I thought, uh, you know, in the in the old days, in the pre-pandemic days, mm -hmm. I would manufacture some urgent reason that I had to go to Southampton. I'd say to my wife, "Oh no, no, no! I have to go to Southampton." Right. No, there's a chemical we have to have, or all the flowers are going to die, and they only have that chemical in Southampton, right near the radio station it's a, it's around the corner so while i'm there i thought i'd go visit brian and maybe shoot the you know up with brian for a little while and then i come and do like three hours of recording with you we would do that yeah. yeah we do it at least once rip. yeah we do it at least once a year and yeah, once or twice a year yeah that's right and it's always good and it's been over 20 years that we've been doing it ever since we were oh, when i was over at ehm and over in amagansett not far from your house yeah so yeah, it's good yeah. it's good to see how is everybody all the kids and Eduardo, you showed just before we went on. You gave us a, <laughs> the new boy, the latest edition. Yeah, it's um, you know we've been here since uh, March twelfth. That, that I think it was Thursday, March twelfth, which seems to be the for many New Yorkers the the nine eleven of the COVID. That was the date that many of them yeah. came out here to stay, and um, we've been out here ever since. I am working now, but um, so I go into the city, I shoot for like a week or so, come back. I have to quarantine for five days. I can't touch my kids. I got a mask and distance from my kids. I stay in another house. We have a house we rented, which is the COVID safe room for people who work with us so they can go stay there and, and quarantine. And then um, I get a test and I come home. I came home last night for the first time. I haven't been able to pick up my kids for two weeks. Oh, so that's tough. So anyway, um, uh, we um, are out here and hopefully vaccines are on the way we can get everybody back uh yeah. into the city back to school what do you so you guys are going to stay out here for for the holiday for christmas new year's lay low yeah we're always out here um uh for the holidays we uh would do a tree and everything and then we 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 caved and decided to go with who we call mike christmas really Mike Christmas or Mr. Christmas, uh, Christmas Mike, any 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 form you want to have of that. Um, um, we went to uh, East Hampton Gardens over around the corner, like like from the from the middle school, uh, Race Lane, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And uh, uh, and we went in there one day to go buy some ornaments and you know some a tree or uh, you know a wreath or whatever some garland something green because he got in the in the summer season he's got a big uh, you know nursery operation and we went in there to buy all this ornaments and he said oh i i come to your house and i'll decorate your tree and you know whatever he buys he buys ornaments and we had some stuff too and he you know he puts it all together mike gianelli is his name mm -hmm. we call him mike christmas mr christmas and uh mike comes um to the house and puts up the tree 
You know, we uh, yeah. it's it's just easier with all these kids because if we had the kids put up the tree, then the tree would look like, you know, like uh, uh, Andy Warhol did the tree. It'd be like a really brightly colored. They'd spray painted pink. You know, we'd have a pink tree. We'd have a very Florida tree. So anyway, um, Mike Gianelli uh, uh, from East Hampton Gardens, he comes and does the tree, which is better for us. We have a small tree that the kids decorate. That's the kids' tree, and then we have the tree for everybody that we have. Uh, we farm that out. Gotcha. We farm that out to I my bet, Christmas. I bet they're wired for sound, waiting for Santa, huh? Um. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> well, you know, the the these kids, I guess, like everybody, you know, mm -hmm. you they all want the same thing. You know, my kids don't want Ferraris, or they don't want uh, you know whatever they want. My son will say. You know, these Star Wars toys, he'll point to them and he'll say, I want all of them. I want all of those Star Wars toys. Right. And probably all of them is like, you know, 300 of them. Who knows? I mean, these guys know they got you. They got you in a headlock, you know. So yeah, um, we, they do pretty well. It's all small, inexpensive items, but we get them all of the small, inexpensive items. Gotcha. So it adds up, I must say. Right. And how's uh, your mom and your brothers? Everybody's okay? Everybody is um, quarantined, distanced. My mother lives with my sister Beth for many years now. They're up in Syracuse. Right. My sister Jane is down the street with her family. My brother Billy is in uh, Santa Barbara with his family. He's been there for quite a while. Right. My brother Daniel lives in upstate New York, north of my mother on the way to the uh, past the airport up in Oneida country, um, mm -hmm. uh, near Oneida Lake. And a uh, very beautiful spot he's on, very quiet semi-rural area there and he's got a beautiful house up there with his two girls and uh who else beth jane danny really and my brother steven is in upstate new york uh, uh just somewhere up there up, uh, like north of uh i guess near near bear mountain or something like that he went way up into the boondocks gotcha because he was in nyack and he sold his house and moved out of there gotcha We've got, uh, I just want to remind folks that uh, Alec Baldwin is uh, joining us this afternoon. He's going to be picking the music. We're going to get to some uh, in just a minute. And uh, also, we're in the middle of our year-end fun drive, and it's simple on our website, wliwfm.org, or 800-262-0717. So I know you love putting together playlists. This is, this is your passion about doing this, and it's always a lot of fun. And we wanted to start with some Dylan because of the fact that he was in the news recently. Well, I, I, I did think it was really amazing, uh, but, but, but totally understandable that people like Dylan, and I guess there's been you know word that David Crosby is going to do the same thing with his catalog and... Um, uh, you know, Bowie did this years ago uh, right. um, with I heard, his catalog. I heard Stevie Nicks might be considering it, too. Stevie I... Nicks did it already. I think she sold yeah. hers already. And, um, you know, uh, I still don't understand, and I'm going to have somebody on my show. Like, when I can't figure something out, right. when I don't know how somebody something works, I have that person on my show to explain it. Like, yeah. why is streaming music, why Spotify and all these things, why are the artists not making enough money? Yeah. Like, what's the... What arrangement has been made? Uh, I mean, I know about the bifurcation of rights between the songwriting and the performing. Yeah. So you could do, you you know, we have a theme song for my podcast, which is the Miles Davis composition, So What? Yeah. And we've had that for years. And we were a not-for-profit radio. Then we went over to for-profit radio, so the price went up. 
because uh, we weren't a not-for-profit enterprise do anymore. Do you have to but, pay like an annual fee to have that song? Or a... you, 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 do, you, you, you pay them a fee for the year, for the number of shows you're going to use. Oh, okay. So we do 26. Right. We do up to 30 shows or what have you. So um, we bought that song. It's one thing if you can buy the rights to the song for the music, mm -hmm. for the authorship, and then you can have like a cover band perform it. Right, you could do a cover version, which is you could do a cover version of it. Someone else could play it uh, if you don't want to use the, the 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 more iconic version, which we do. We we you know we paid right. for both. We paid for the songwriting and for the for the 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 uh, um, well, that's the performance. A, that's and, an um, amazing song. I mean, that's uh, kind of blue is I think the most the best selling jazz album of all time. Probably, yeah, yeah. it is. Anyway, um, so but, yeah, um, the rights, the copyrights, and all that. Yeah. So. Uh, you know, I'd love to have someone come on my show and explain why, you know, I understand that one thing is the COVID and it's killed touring and all these music acts, the live performances are really their bread and butter now because they're not making any money off of recordings and things like that. And yeah. I'm, and, and I guess when you bought an album, you know, when you downloaded an album, if I go to Apple and I buy an album, and, uh, uh, you know, that's a certain amount of money and a certain piece of that goes to the artist, you know, for the songwriting and the performance. And the best I could figure out uh, is that, uh, and people feel free to email me and tell me your <laughs> your take on this. Right. Uh, but you could tell me why, why um, I guess Spotify is just raking all these this music into a pile and then they pay them per, you know, uh, uh, per broadcast of the song. Right. Yeah. You know, so it's. I think it's. Uh, um, I'm assuming on one level it must reach so many more people because it's all. It's this internet thing like Apple Music or Spotify or what have you. Um, but uh, or, or or Sirius XM things like that. I but I don't know why. I mean, like I get it about the the COVID and that killing touring, but I wonder why the models are such where they don't make enough money. We're selling these catalogs is now probably going to be a big thing, I would imagine. Yeah, when I when I first heard of, heard of Dylan selling and then Crosby's going to do it is the first thing I thought of without any information was that I thought maybe they wanted to prevent anything happening. Like with the Petty's family, evidently they had a the the, the his daughters and uh, second wife had a big fight and and held up releasing some of some music of his. And they wanted to make sure that they just that nothing that wouldn't happen in the family. But obviously, it's a lot more than that because Crosby said it point blank: "I need the money, I need the money from the songs." So, well, I think that um, you know anybody who you know the Beatles, obviously, any really um, prolific or group, um, there's tremendous money for them, and but you wonder. You know, do you relinquish control over whatever they're going to do with it? Is it going to end up in a Doritos commercial? Right. Or, you know that, that that kind of thing. It's I think when you you take the money and you take the the little bit of suffering that comes with that because people think, oh, you got the money, shut up. You know, you're good. You got someone wrote Stevie Nicks a check for a hundred million dollars. They're going to write Dylan a check for three hundred million dollars. Right. Who knows what they're going to write Crosby? Mm -hmm. And um, I wonder if the artist is still allowed to use the music themselves for yeah. whatever they want. That's a good point. Are they able to uh, put it into a show that they're doing or what have you? Or uh, or do they get a check, uh, in some cases a whopping check, and they're like orphan children. They just never see them again, and they go off, and someone else is saying, yeah, we're going we're gonna to put uh, um, <clears throat> Teach the Children on a uh, – 
on a uh, a toy commercial. You know right. I mean? We're going to have it for like uh, some kind of toys or whatever the application might be. And I think that it's um, it's tough for them to turn down the money, and it's tough for them to take the, to take the money. That's you know, right. Because there's because they lose control over all of their their uh, progeny. You know. Yeah. So we got. Uh, we'll start with something from Desire. Yeah, I mean, Dylan is someone who his canvas is so broad. I mean, it's like a huge forest of music, and I've always liked Dylan, uh, some more than others. And 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 the, and the stuff, the early stuff that that signifies Dylan's career, that kind of uh, um, illustrates his career. I liked a lot of that too. But two albums came along that are my favorites, which is uh, Desire and Blood on the Tracks, were my two favorite Dylan albums. Yeah. And uh, for some reason, I mean, this is when Dylan really came into my head. You know, I listened to Subterranean Homesick Blues and uh, uh, Knocking on Heaven's Door and, uh, you know, all of the iconic Mr. Tambourine Man blowing in the wind, all that stuff from the early days. And I liked it. Mm. <clears throat> but when these two albums came along, I mean, these were two albums I just couldn't stop playing. Couldn't yeah. stop playing. And we were in our mid-teens in the mid-70s when they came out and they were brand new and they were so great and... And Blood on the Tracks was kind of a comeback for him because he was kind of... Was it really? Yeah, he was kind of MIA for a little while, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, up in Woodstock. I love Blood on the Tracks and Desire. And, uh, yeah. Um, and and, uh, uh, and I want to just mention, because there's, there's so many cuts from uh, Blood on the Tracks that we could play. But let me just uh, see one quick thing here. Um, uh, we have uh, uh, we have two. Uh, are, they, are these both from Blood on the Tracks? Well, no, we've got Mozambique queued up from Desire, right. and then we're going to back it up with Shelter from the Storm. And that's from? Blood, Blood on, on the Tracks. Tracks. Yeah, so with Desire and So my two favorite albums. We have one cut from each of my favorite Dylan albums. It works out see well. See how that works? Isn't that great? It's great to see you. You too, buddy. Absolutely. Alec Baldwin is with us. He's picking the music from Bob Dylan on 88.3 WLIWFM, Long Island's only NPR radio station, Mozambique.
was in another lifetime, one of toil and blood. When blackness was a virtue, the road was full of mud. I came in from the wilderness, a creature void of form. Come in, she said, I'll give you shelter from the storm. And if I pass this way again, you can rest assured. I'll always do my best for her, on that I give my word. In a world of steel-eyed death and men who are fighting to be warm. Come in, she said, I'll give ya shelter from the storm. Not a word was spoke between us, there was little risk involved. Everything up to that point had been left unresolved. Try imagining a place where it's always safe and warm. Come in, she said, I'll give ya shelter from the storm. I was burned out from exhaustion, buried in the hail. Poisoned in the bushes and blown out on the trail. Hunted like a crocodile, ravaged in the corn. Come in, she said, I'll give ya shelter from the storm. Suddenly I turned around and she was standing there With silver bracelets on her wrists and flowers in her hair She walked up to me so gracefully and took my crown of thorns Come in, she said, I'll give you shelter from the storm Now there's a wall between us, something that's been lost I took too much for granted, I got my signals crossed. Just between till it all began on a non-eventful morn. Come in, she said, I'll give you shelter from the storm. Well, the deputy walks on hard nails and the preacher rides a mount. But nothing really matters much, it's doom alone that counts. And the one-eyed undertaker, he blows a feudal horn. Come in, she said, I'll give ya shelter from the storm. I've heard newborn babies wailing like a moaning dove. And old men with broken teeth stranded without love. Do I understand your question, man? Is it hopeless and forlorn? Come in, she said, I'll give ya shelter from the storm. In a little hilltop village, they gambled for my clothes. A bargain for salvation, and she gave me a lethal dose. I offered up my innocence, I got repaid with scorn. Come in, she said, I'll give ya shelter from the storm. Living in a foreign country, but I'm bound to cross the line. Beauty walks a razor's edge, someday I'll make it mine. 
WLIW-FM, a couple from Bob Dylan, picked by our guest, Alec Baldwin, Shelter from the Storm, and uh, Mozambique. And uh, Alec is uh, picking the music, and uh, back home here on the east end of Long Island, a bit of a holiday break, and it's always a pleasure to have you. Uh, And we're also asking folks, this is our end-of-the-year fun drive, and you can make a contribution. It's simple and secure to do it on our website at WLIWFM.org, WLIWFM.org. You'll be on and off in about three minutes, and we can tell you that the website is secure, so you don't have to worry about that. Or you can call 800-262-0717. Now, we've got Alec on a video conference because of the pandemic, and it's, we appreciate his time. And I don't. Can you see the... Uh, the mug here, Alec, that were the WLIWFM mug. How much money do I have to give to give him to get a mug? Name the number. Just well, name it. Well, <laughs> take advantage of me, Brian. Go. How, what's the number? Just shoot it out. I have to write a check for how much. <laughs> well, this is the deal. You can get a pair of these if for how you, much? For a one a one time contribution of one hundred and twenty dollars or more, or if you st- sign up as a sustaining member at ten dollars or more. A month at WLIWFM.org. You get two of these. They're 20 ounces. I know you're a coffee drinker. 20 ounces is like, this is minimum, right? These days, I mean, even 16 ounces is looking 20 ounces is round one. I call that round one. (laughs) That's right. Exactly. Now, not only, Alec, of course, you can enjoy a nice cup of coffee, but, you know, a hot toddy, maybe, if you're in the wintertime. A cup of soup. A cup of soup in this guy. It's like a barrel. ramen. Ramen. Some ramen noodles. Yeah. Yeah. It is also microwave- and dishwasher safe. In I would case, hope so. Yeah. So you get a if pair. If I pledge money right now and, and it's not dishwasher safe, uh, you know I'm, I'm, I'm coming after you, Brian Cosgrove. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I, I can, know where you live. <laughs> I can assure so, you it is. But, all right, let's do this. I'm, my, my wife and I, yeah. uh, as a year-end gift to WLIW, <clears throat> and if people want to join me, please give what you can. This idea that people give a lot of money you know, trust me, giving away money, if you have the money to give, is not that big a deal. I mean, if you've got hmm. it, you know, it's when you give money and you don't really have it, it's a choice you make. It's like a difficult choice. That's a good point. And people who can give, can you give 25 bucks? I mean, there's cable bills you pay and let's face facts, or I should say, in my opinion, a lot of what you're, you're going to watch on cable TV that you're paying a lot of money for, you probably could do without. <laughs> you probably could live without it. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff on cable TV that is really just a very bad habit we all have. But yeah. on the other hand, how much are you willing to pay for this radio station that, for me, it's on in the morning in my, uh, in my bathroom, it's in my car, it's in my ear, whether it's public radio here, uh, 88.3 WLIW, other 
public radio stations I uh, tap into in the city or in other parts of the country I go to. Um, Connecticut Public Radio I love, uh, NPR. But um, give what you can. There is no amount of money that's too small. $10, $25, $50. And in order to and, – and, and, and where are the cups, Brian? Do you have the cups in your possession or they get shipped to me from somebody else? No, we don't, we don't have them actually here. You don't have the cups. I was no. afraid of that. I, thought, I was afraid that the small town radio station wasn't really such a small town radio station after all. Yeah, we can't – and it's not instant gratification yeah. on the cup. Yeah, there's a guy the in like Queens who brings them out of the truck. Is that it? I, maybe. Could be Queens. Okay. I'm not, I'm not okay. exactly sure. Could be Queens. Could be Brooklyn. You know what? But the beauty of this, Alec, also is something I should mention is that we have got this matching grant from our board of trustees. Oh, here up, we go. Up to $100,000 along with the sister television station, Channel 21 WLIW. It, whatever, you, whatever you're able to do, like you said, can you swing 25 bucks? That, that, it'll mean 50 to us. It gets doubled. Now, now, now when, you, when, you, uh, when people give the money, does it go to the TV and the radio or you can have it go just to the radio? They I think, split it up? I think they split it up, yeah. But they I think do. if- So when you pledge, it automatically gets split between the two. Right, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, Brian, I want those two mugs, and I'm holding you personally responsible oh. for getting me those mugs. In fact, I should probably have, uh, I should probably okay. have eight of those mugs for all my kids and my wife and I. But uh, we'll settle for two. I'm going to pledge five thousand dollars. Wow. I'm going to give you five thousand dollars. That's very generous. LIWTA. Yeah. No. No. It's it's nothing. Believe me. Thank you. So um, uh, I'm going to give five grand. I hope other people will join me. Whatever you can give. Whatever you give. In fact, Brian, text me the reminder so I don't forget. 5000 to you. And um, yeah. Uh, well, thank you. Whatever you can give. It's, 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 I know it's tough times. I know a lot of people aren't working, but we want to make sure that certain things. And radio is so important to me. I mean, radio is really important to me. Yeah. I listen to the radio. I mean, I love radio. I'm a radio nut. And um, uh, we don't want our local radio stations, especially the smaller ones, the local ones, to die in the uh, in the pandemic and so forth. So give what you can. Yeah. And it's I'm a- down for 5000 bucks, and I want those two mugs, Brian. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I want those two mugs. Well, <laughs> well, you'll get them. You'll get them. I can guarantee you. <laughs> You'll get those. You'll get those mugs, and also, also they throw in the uh, the Channel Twenty One WLIW Passport streaming package, where you can watch all the shows on Channel Twenty One on your schedule. Okay, so throw you, that in there too, Brian. Does five thousand get me two mugs and a passport schedule? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Right, cool. So you Great. can you join Alec with you know if you can swing twenty five dollars, fifty dollars, maybe a hundred and twenty dollars. And remember that because of the board of trustees challenge grant, every donation will be doubled up to a hundred thousand dollars at wliwfm.org. The website is simple. It's secure. Wliwfm.org. You'll get to the website. You'll see the donate button. Three minutes, tops. We walk you right through it. Or 800-262-0717. And you be sure to thank uh, your lovely wife, Alaria, for, I know, your foundation, making the donation. Thanks. No, no, my pleasure. Like like I said, it's like, you know, doing these things, it's easy, you know, because if you have the resources, all you have to think about is, who do I want to help? And uh, we certainly want to help you guys. So there you go. And uh, speaking of that, David Crosby is trying to help himself. (laughs) <laughs> well, he seems like he's it seems like he has no choice at this point but uh, yeah, yeah crosby is going to go the way of uh dylan and uh, bowie and uh, stevie nicks and he's going to sell his catalog apparently 
Yeah, it should be interesting to see, um, you know, I mean, he's a tremendous uh, songwriter, um, but it should be interesting to see what, I guess, what kind of interest or, or how, when this thing pans out for him, what they'll be selling. Because I'm not, I'm a little confused when it comes to Crosby, what he wrote and what Nash wrote and, you know, because I'm more Young. of a... Yeah, well, Young, of course, is, you know, in a league. He's like yeah. in a Dylan league, but... Um, I'm not too sure about, you know, how, I mean, uh, Crosby's written some great songs and we've got a couple that we're going to get to in a minute, but, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Hope, I'm sure it'll, cause he's, he's no kid. I think he's coming up on 80 and, uh, you know, he's on, he's on a couple, he's used up his nine lives. He's beyond nine lives, David Crosby. So, yeah, I think that, um, you know, if, if, if a guy is a superstar musician like Crosby, in the band with those other guys, uh, sometimes two, sometimes three. Uh, he said that the band was called uh, CSN and Sometimes Why. And right. uh, in, in my podcast, he mentioned that. And um, I think if those guys have, you know, uh, I'm not saying that this is the case with them, but but if any of these artists have like six or eight seminal songs, then they're selling their library. And, and if they got, you know, if you're the Beatles and you got, a hundred songs everybody knows that or more that's one thing but if you're an artist that has six eight ten twelve songs what they're going to do is they're just going to put them in the hopper and just grind them out there you know what i mean they'll, they'll be in every movie and every tv show and um yeah i remember when the who started selling their music to commercials and things like that and the stones and start me up uh and things like that you'd hear all the time in uh football games they sold it to the nfl i think and and uh um, I remember years ago I did a movie. It was 1990, and or 1991, and we went to the uh, people from uh, Bowie's management to secure "Wild as the Wind," and um, <clears throat> and they wanted like some like numbing amount of money, like three hundred and fifty thousand dollars, to play the song in the movie, you know. And 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 the people who were producing the movie said, "Not going to happen," but. Um, I think you can if you can if you have a great song if you have six or eight or ten of them, then they're going to blast them out there. They're going to be on every Nike commercial or, or what have you. you know? Yeah, I know. Pete Townsend was never apologetic about from day one. He was like, um, uh, you know, I'll sell anything for any amount of money, and I, in a way, you can't blame him. And then on the other side of the coin, Neil Young was like, no way. He never didn't want anybody ever to, you know, wanted his music. Now he might change his tune, but. You know, it's interesting the way people feel about their music, but times are certainly changed. Right. Yeah. So we've got, um, I got long time. One of my from... favorite cuts, one of my favorite cuts from these guys. I think this is a beautiful song and I think just in the mood of it, it's a very moody song. And I think uh, uh, everybody recognizes this as one of the great cuts from uh, Crosby, Stills and Nash. And, you know, I've heard that uh, they were up in, I think, North Haven when they were first getting together before the album came out and Joni Mitchell was up there. They had a house up in North Haven, up by Sag Harbor back in 68. And while they were circling in on becoming CSN, that's what I heard. Yeah. Well, these, these are guys who with Neil Young and without Neil Young, they, they these are some of the greatest male harmonizers that you've ever heard in your life. I mean, they were, you know, like the Everly brothers and people who went before them yeah. who were great. You know, the beach boys were consummate harmonizers. And, and these three guys, uh, even without Neil Young, they made just beautiful singing. They really, 
were beautiful singers. And yeah. David Crosby is an unbelievably beautiful singer, really no, gorgeous. Yeah, you're right. When you mentioned like the Everly Brothers and the Beach Boys, they were related. And I think now they refer to that as blood harmony. But these guys are not related and that even makes it that much more special the Bee Gees did you watch the Bee Gees documentary I haven't seen it but have you seen it oh, oh it's fantastic well you just realize how great those guys I mean I, I collect their music I love them sure one night only that live show they did is beautiful that album I have the video yeah uh, um, but but the the uh, oh my god and uh, you know Barry Gibb and they had their ins and outs they were brothers and so they could definitely get sick of each other uh, 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 with some regularity, but they came back together and set their things aside. And then the the, the other two died one after the other, Morris and uh, Robin Gibb. And um, I guess Barry Gibb just never imagined he'd be at this point in his life. And you know, most Alone, of his family's yeah. gone. Yeah. yeah. So but you realize how how them too when you say blood harmony, them back in the '60s, the late '60s when they started doing their thing. Oh man, it was yeah. just really. Beautiful, beautiful. Absolutely. Alec Baldwin is with us this afternoon. And uh, well, just a quick reminder, you can make a contribution as uh, him and his wife uh, just did at WLIWFM.org. And uh, we've got some uh, David Crosby with uh, from the first CSN album uh, queued up and ready to go. So we'll hit Long Time Gone. Yep. Yes, sir. There we go on 88.3 WLIWFM.
Kind of a, a science fiction story, if you'll bear with us. <clears throat> it's about these people who are escaping the, the uh, Holocaust, whatever it may be, and uh, leaving it behind and escaping in the wooden ships.
back and it's a quick cut because you <laughs> alec bolden is uh, joining me and uh here on 88.3 wliw fm and alec said when we were when he sent the playlist over um whenever he said you know i don't know if we can play it because the who kick right in and you're right that's like the wood in the woodstock album yeah when you get uh that cut from woodstock it's uh they they kick right in yeah yeah exactly but so. um uh i love uh 
you know, I love the movie Woodstock and I love the, uh, the album Woodstock. And um, I don't know what happened to that album where I, th I think it went away for a while. Now, then you can get it probably more of these kinds of rights issues, you know, with so many different artists. Yeah. And um, I remember for a while I tried to download Woodstock and there were like bootleg versions of it that were like weird. You know, the artwork wasn't the same that I was used to from the poster and just right. all that sea of people out in the mud and everything. But um with yeah. the dove, you know, and the guitar. Yeah, that th that's the one. Yeah. That that now that one, I think that that one went away for a while. I think it did, yeah. Yeah, this was re-released about ten years ago. Yeah, then they got the rights all worked out and everything. Yeah. But um I love uh Woodstock. I know obviously Richie Havens doing Freedom and uh Soul Sacrifice, uh uh yeah, Santana with that kid, what's that famous kid's name? Uh, um, I'm going to dig it up for you here. Soul Sacrifice. What, there was a Santana. kid? A, a kid in the band, you mean? Oh, the kid in the. the he's a legend. Um, this kid's a legend. Uh, Michael Shreve. Oh, right. I Michael Shreve, who was like 20 years old or 19 years old, and he does that famous drum solo in Soul Sacrifice at Woods. I mean, in the movie. You know, you go nuts. I mean, this kid, he's a kid. He's yeah. like 19. Right. And he's there with Carlos Santana. It doesn't get more heavy duty in terms of musicianship. Carlos Santana is one of the greatest guitar players that ever lived. Yeah, he is great. And, uh, remember when he went off and did those uh, 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 Love, Devotion, Surrender, those albums with uh, uh, Mahavishnu, John McLaughlin. Yeah, the Mahavishnu. The two of them in yeah. those beautiful white coats and everything and they i remember when carlos santana went into groovy town you know to do some really really thoughtful kind of philosophical music with uh mclaughlin but uh uh the uh i mean santana man doing woodstock they they light the place up and this kid michael shreve he's a legend you can go on youtube and find this kid doing this drum solo right. and it's like you get high watching this kid you get high watching him he's so good <laughs> <laughs> I love Woodstock. I love that. You know, when we do this together, right? by the way, I'm going to throw in a quick promo, W-L-I-W. -W. What do they do, Brian? Where do they go on the net or what do they call what do you, to I'm, give money? Well, I'm, I'm, so, I'm not sure I understand what you mean. When, when, to give, well, <laughs> we're going to raise some money. Yes, we are. Yeah. So what do they do? They, they go to where on the net? What's the website? Oh, oh. They go to uh, org. And I, was, I just got a text from uh, um, uh, that if you, if you go to WLIWFM.org, because I wasn't exactly clear, is that, that goes, all of that goes to the radio station. It's, it doesn't get okay. split with the TV. If it goes to, if you go to, and, and that's where, I, that's what we would like you to do, obviously, because we're, we're, you know, we love the TV station and we're glad to be yeah. part of it. But WLIWFM dot O R G. That's the website. Or they can call 800 262 Great. And you got a matching grant? We have a matching grant. You're pretty good at this. That we've got a matching grant from our board of trustees, so up to $100,000, that every donation will be matched dollar for dollar. So keep that in mind. It'll go twice as far for us, your generosity, the donor, and the generosity of our board of trustees. So WLIWFM.org or 800-262-0717. And uh, they also told me they've got as many mugs as you want, Alec. God, I hope so. I got a lot of kids. 
<laughs> and they like to eat cereal out of a mug. Well, it, that would be perfect. They like to eat ramen out of a mug. <laughs> the ramen house. Yeah, and here we, we should just name this this farm Ramen House. <laughs> but the uh, um, you know when I do this thing with you, Brian, we've done this many times. Yes, and, we have. And, I, and I've done other shows with people, but nothing like this where we sit down and people would say to me, "Yeah, you saw Brian. I heard you on the air. You saw Brian. You guys hanging out, shooting the bull." And I'm like, "No, we barely talk to each other. We really just listen to the music." You know, what I mean? <laughs> when I go there, I actually want to hear the music. But um, yeah, that's what there's, you there's obviously there's obviously so many things you could choose. I mean, I sit down and I start to make lists of music. I think, oh, I haven't played that with Brian in a while, or it's something for whatever reason it's come to my mind lately. Somebody died. We're going to get to that next. Yeah. But um, the uh, you know, I start making lists and I'm like, my God, I could come up with 200, 250, 300 songs off the top of my head. Yeah. You know, just every, I think of every genre, whether it's Motown or blues or what have you. I think of, I think, I think, who's my favorite vocalist? Who's my favorite female vocalist? Who's my favorite black female vocalist? Who's my favorite guitar player? Who's my favorite drummer? You know, when you just start careening through the whole uh, library, it's it's pretty crazy. But speaking of people dying, can we go for it with our next song? We can go for it with our next song. Yeah. Should we? So heartbreaking that uh, my ex wife. Uh, years ago, had a house that she rented in the hills of Los Angeles that was Eddie Van Halen's house. Oh. And Eddie had bought the property up above him. He was in like this like terraced hillside, very pretty spot there when he was married to Valerie and everything. And uh, he turned the his old house into a guest house, like an office. And then he built his house, a much you know fancier house, up above uh, in the hills. And he rented the house out, his uh, former houses, guest house, which was really beautiful, beautiful house, really pretty. And he rented that out to a, my ex-wife, Kim, to, it was her office, that she had an office here for, for quite a while, a few years, I guess a couple of years. And, uh, um, and he was the sweetest guy. He was a yeah. sweetheart, you know. He was a lovely, lovely guy. And, uh, of course, one of the great virtuosic you know, up there with like Jeff Beck and Clapton and Edgar Winter and Frampton and all these people and Harrison and yeah, I'm, I'm leaving people out, but you know Eddie Van Halen, people just worship his guitar playing, and he died uh, tragically, and uh, I was very sad to hear that because he wasn't that old, and he was no, sixty-five. Sixty-five. He was a heavy smoker, though. Heavy, yeah, heavy. He was smoker. a heavy smoker. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, he was. And but, uh, but I've always, uh, I mean, there's 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 songs, whether it was the David Lee Roth period or the Sammy Hagar period, they made a lot of great songs. Mm -hmm. But the songs I love are the ones where, yes, there are vocals, obviously, but the ones where Eddie just comes ripping through there. I mean, they're, they're, and there's one song in particular that to me defines uh, Eddie Van Halen, and that's the cut we're going to play now. And that is? Hear about it later. Van Halen, picked by Alec Baldwin on 88.3 WLIW-FM.
88.3 WLIW-FM, handpicked by Alec Baldwin, our special guest this afternoon, paying tribute to Eddie Van Halen, who we lost this year, as a lot of folks are well aware of, and Van Halen's Hear About It Later. That is a good song. Nice job. Yeah, I love the um, Ain't Talking About Love. I mean, anything where it starts with Eddie, like boom, 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 yeah. boom, 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 all that stuff. And when it, when, it, when it opens with those guitar riffs, you know, Keith Richards, people like that. I just love you that. Just you just know it's him, like you were saying. Can't they, you hear me knocking, you know? Yeah, and they did great covers, stuff. right? They did uh, The Kinks, they did uh, Pretty Woman. They did, yeah. really did, They made it their own, which is, those are great songs, and they made them their yeah, own. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So Alec is here with us. He's picking the music. He's helping us uh, pledge. Him and his wife gave a very uh, generous uh, donation from their uh, foundation, which we're very grateful for. And you can join uh, Alec and Ilaria by going to WLIWFM. Dot O-R-G. It's simple. It's secure. You'll be on and off the website in no time at all. And we do have a matching uh, challenge grant by our board of trustees. So your uh, your donation will be doubled. And uh, we can certainly use to take advantage of that. And uh, again, it can all be done at WLIWFM.org or, go on, uh, or uh, call 800-262-0717. So, uh, you got a favorite Christmas movie? Well, I must say that I am addicted to, and every year I watch, I get myself locked away, and I watch the, um, uh, I watch uh, A Christmas Carol with Alistair Sim, the 1955, is it? 54, I forget. Uh, The Alistair Sim is my version. I just love that. I mean, there's other, you know, Miracle on 34th Street, It's a Wonderful Life, all those films that that ask us to um, stop whining and stop complaining about our lives for uh, at least for half a day, you know. Um, The um, I have a lot of films like that I love, but um, I really, uh, I don't know what it is about, I guess it's how old I was when I first saw it, and... uh, um, He's the best Scrooge, Alistair Sims. I think you. he was the best Scrooge. No he was question. the best Scrooge. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. I mean, when he, when he's when he's he's when you see him, uh, when the angel uh, comes, and he has. Uh, I'm going to look this up. He says, uh, um, "There's a line he has, and I almost cry every time." Oh, it's so he's great because he's so, he's so mean, and then when the transformation happens, he, you can just feel how light his heart is. You know, he just he's he's great actor, great great actor. Yeah, well, there's that wonderful line. Um, and he and he says to him, they go to the window, and he's going to go out the window and fly out the window with him, and and the ghost says, "Bear, but a touch of my hand." And you shall be upheld in more than this. And he's, you know, he's asking him to trust him. And I think that's the thing that you realize is that people like Scrooge, they don't trust people. You know, they don't, they don't, yeah. the, 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 the biggest sin you can commit is to trust people. And we live in a world now where it seems harder to trust people. Everybody's sure, yeah. so overwhelmed and so shell-shocked by what's going on. Yeah, not only and is like, it, it's a tremendous story. Right, a Christmas Carol. I mean, not only right. you know just for the, the holidays, but just the the idea of you know realizing what's important and what's not. 
It's a wonderful film. I love that film. Have you ever done? Yeah, did you ever ever do a production of a Christmas Carol? No. <laughs> no, huh? Never. I mean, back in high school. You, or... The way you say it, I feel. I feel like now I'm a failure in my career. <laughs> oh, really? I didn't you think know, I had that it, much. Like, oh, you. Oh, you. Oh, you, you didn't. Did that, oh, you huh? didn't do that. That's oh, not on your resume. Oh, well, interesting. We'll call you. I've done Will. readings of it. Uh, there's a there's a there's a there's a <laughs> club that I belong to in New York, the Century Club, and they it's a, it's a, it's a lot of show business people there, and they. Uh, um, there's a guy there, a gentleman there, who would stage readings of A Christmas Carol. Right. And uh, I, I've done readings of A Christmas Carol a couple of times, but I've never done a, um, as you say, you know, a Radio City musical production of it. <laughs> I, I, I didn't say that. that, but well, you've got a great voice. So, I mean, you do a lot of voice work. So, I'm sure you did an excellent job. So, you're, you're good. You're good. You're fine with that. that I love, works. yeah, no, I love, I love Dickens. I love all the David Lean films, Oliver Twist. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't uh, read as much as I like, but Dickens is just like it's got a rhythm to everything he writes. It's just great. It's easy to read, even though you know. Well, Lean, uh, great expectations. Well, Lean is somebody who he, he he obviously knew exactly what key to play in in terms of the cinematography and the editing and the performances and what scenes they left in and what scenes they left out. I mean, these books, if you shot the whole thing as a film, it would be five hours long, you know? Mm. So uh, Lean was the master at the, at the, um, uh, at adapting uh, uh, Dickens to the, to the screen. Yeah. I think so. we're, 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 we're working against the clock here to a certain degree. So I don't want to uh, take too much time, but I do want to ask you uh, if, if whatever, if you want to just mention what you're, you're shooting a TV show now. Can you talk much about? I mean, you don't have to go on. Well, I'm doing a t I'm doing a TV show called Doctor Death, which is based on a podcast that was produced by a company called Wondery. Okay. And Wondery uh, partnered with a woman named Laura Beale, who's a Texas uh, Dallas area journalist that covered this case of a doctor named Christopher Dunch, who was a the darling of the orthopedic surgical community and doing surgery on necks and backs and all kinds of stuff and. Uh, basically Dunch kind of flips out and goes and becomes a party animal and he's out there doing blow and he's with all kinds of women of whatever, whether they're professionals or not, who knows. And he's got a really crazy high octane personal life. And he starts going into the operating, operating room. He's been up all night, you know, his cool. hands are shaking. Yeah. His scrubs haven't even been laundered. You know, he's wearing the same scrubs from the night before. He's a mess. I mean, he's a, he's a disaster, but none of the people, who were in charge of the facilities he worked at wanted to risk having to confront the liabilities that were inherent in what he was doing. Mm -hmm. So they would ask him to leave and they'd send him to another facility. Texas is a big state and he could get jobs at other hospitals and they would give him a glowing recommendation because they didn't want to acknowledge that he was to blame. You know, there, 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 there's, there's what they call, um, um, they do a thing called the M&M after a surgery called mortality and morbidity, you know, which is to go back and, and kind of deconstruct the surgery. Right. How did it go? What could you have done better? They always want to, you know, re-examine re the procedures. I guess I don't know how, if they do that for everything, but when I was uh, doing research for a film once about, and, and, and I was following heart surgeons, the M&M after the surgery was a big deal. Right. And, um, you know, they would go back and look at what he did and, and, and they'd want to call it just a, like a natural statistical doctor error and let him go. And this goes on and on. And he kills two people and he cripples four people. He cripples his best friend. Cool. He does a cervical procedure on his best friend, turns him into a quadriplegic. So I play Christian Slater and I play the two doctors who decide we're going to take him down. We're two surgeons in this community in Dallas who uh, I play this guy, Robert Henderson who um, 
they just started going to all the authorities, the uh, state boards and so forth, and saying, you got to stop this guy. And everybody finally, they they prevailed. They 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 brought him to trial, and he's in prison for life. Where are we going to be able life to- in prison. I mean, eventually when it's- going to be on Peacock streaming. Yeah, this is one of the okay. first big- uh, uh, um, projects that Peacock is doing. Uh, uh, Joshua Jackson plays uh, Dunch. Christian Slater and I are the other two doctors who hunt him down, so to speak. Would they be part of NBC? Justice. Is that what they call it, Peacock? Yeah, this is NBC streaming service, okay. Peacock. Yeah. Okay. NBC streaming service that they launched is called Peacock Streaming. And then I saw, uh, and again, I don't want to get, uh, but I saw uh, something about uh, you signing on with Kelsey Grammer to do something. Is that I was supposed to do a sitcom with Kelsey. Yeah, we yep. had a pilot. We're, we're going to shoot, but we're waiting for the COVID to give us that window where gotcha. we can do that because I'm doing Doctor Death until like the middle of March. Okay, so that's the we're acting. Doing eight episodes. So that's the acting side. Now let's get, let's get over. You're going to be talking to Mick Fleetwood. Yeah, my podcast is moving January 12th to uh, iHeartRadio. Right, you went from we were, at, we were at WNYC for eight years or so, and we're moving over to iHeartRadio now, and I'm very excited. Okay, congratulations! And I got a great group of people working with me. Thank you. And one of our first. You know, we've got some great subjects like Howard Dean and uh, um, Kristen Bell, the actress I got her on. I wanted to have somebody um, who was young. <laughs> I wanted to get somebody younger on there. I always bring on people like my generation. So it's like, okay, let's right. have, uh, you know, Peter Frampton. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I remember when but, we did, uh, you let me go. Yeah, I love that. That was a great one. I love that. You know, I, I mean, I always pick people that I, you know, just um, w- w- that I want to meet and I want to sit down, that I'm a fan of. But yeah. Not always, but there's a lot of that. But um, so we got Mick Fleetwood from Hawaii. He doesn't live in. Uh, he lives in Hawaii, mainland, huh? so to speak. He's in Hawaii, okay. and we uh, uh, we got him over there. And he was, and I'm, and I'm not just saying this, okay? He was the loveliest guy. He was such a sweet guy. That's nice to hear. And and a guy that had this career, you know, because we were talking about how when Fleetwood Mac comes. And they start releasing albums in the '70s because the band in the states with the with the, with the full. Uh, roster they had that took them to the highest heights and they when they were with bob welch and they were and they had been performing over in england and then they came over not until uh christine mcvee comes she wasn't married to john at the time right and in fact the joke he taught me was that christine mcvee's maiden name is perfect Literally. her name is christine perfect really that was her name and she married john mcvee who would then joke and say before she met me she was perfect. That's not bad. And I love that. And then, um, uh, so Christine McVie, who I, I told uh, Mick Fleetwood, I worship her. I mean, Christine McVie is one of my favorite vocalists in history. I love Christine McVie. And, uh, um, but once then Buckingham comes over and says, hey, man, I want to bring my girlfriend with me. And they were like, okay, sure. Mm-hmm. And then in a, in a band, which was all guys. And a blues band kind before of. Before that. Yeah the blues band uh, 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 up until then. And then they get these two famous women in there. And the women basically take over. I mean, Lindsey Buckingham still sings some song, but the women basically take over. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, McVie and Stevie Nicks become the lead singers for them. And, and, and they sell a kabillion records. And, have, you d- uh, have you done the uh, Fleetwood interview yet? You did. I, guess I you did. did. Yeah, I interviewed yeah. Mick already. Yeah, he's coming yeah. out next, next in January. Yeah, In January. So, but, it'd be, you, okay, it'll be, it'll be your first one with, uh, with iHeart. Uh, well, we don't know what the order is, but we, okay. we got we got Kristen Bell, we got uh, okay. Isabel Wilkerson, who's a famous writer about reparations for uh, for slaves, for for the descendants of slaves in America. William Darity is a famous uh, professor who's also on that program, talking about uh, um, reparations for slavery. A very interesting topic right now. Mm. And uh, um, uh, Mick Fleetwood, 
Howard Dean, Malcolm McDowell we did. Wow. Oh, yeah, we got some cool people. So we, but we have so many more to go. We have so many people we're, we're, we're like after and we're kind of stalking, if you will. But uh, what I love with Mick was to talk about just how, uh, uh, you know, it was a time when, when you when you look and see what albums came out in a certain year, like Google uh, rock album releases in in the uh, um, the hundred top selling albums of that year seventy five, and the 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 range of artists. I mean, you got like T Rex, and and here comes this band with these two women, hmm. uh, and they're singing like the most beautiful tracks. People wanted beautiful. You know, they wanted really beautiful music. The music is beautiful. One of my favorite cuts Christine sing, Christine McVie sings is As Long As You Follow. Really pretty, pretty pieces and, and beautiful singing. And uh, but but I love uh <clears throat> I think um that the chain, we have the chain. We have the chain. The chain is the one I think that that has all of them get a songwriting credit on, including Mick Fleetwood. Right. And uh um uh and I, we have that. Then we have another cut. We're going to play after that. That's right. So yeah, we don't want to tell. We want to him. play them back to back. Yeah, you want to do that? We'll do that. Okay, we can do the so the chain with Fleetwood Mac, uh, and I like this because this is one that Mick got a song any credit on. Right. And then um, uh, Stevie and Tom. And then we've got Stevie Nicks when she was in her solo career, and she does this famous cut with with uh, Tom Petty. Alec Baldwin is picking the music at eighty-eight point three WLIWFM.
88.3 WLIW-FM, Long Island's only NPR station. Alec Baldwin joining me this afternoon. He's hand-picking the music. And Tom Petty and Stevie Nicks stop dragging my heart around. Did you ever meet Tom Petty? Uh, I met him very quickly because uh, Lorne Michaels got him to ho- to perform. You know, Lorne is the master at getting these like superstar music acts to perform at the Museum of Natural History Gala every November. Wow. Every year in November, Lorne, who's on the board, he's, this is one of his biggest two-on-two commitments charitably is the museum. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's natural history. And um, Lorne's on the board of directors and he buys like, I don't know how many tables he buys. He buys a lot of tables right. for the entire cast of SNL you know, including some writers and producers. And then um, then whatever other show he has in the bin that year, like uh, 30 Rock or uh, Kimmy Schmidt, uh, whatever shows he has in New York where the talent is available. And then he gets, you know, no one's got the context that Lauren has. And he gets, uh, and, 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 and Petty and the Heartbreakers played at the show. Okay. They played at the fundraiser. And um, he's always got like unbelievable people playing there. Right. And unbelievable people hosting, you know, like famous comic talent will host. And, um, yeah, I met, I met him just very quickly there. You know, uh, who's the other one I met there that I really loved? Um, uh, oh God, I'll, I'll look it up. But um, yeah, you know, I did. Uh, I did want to ask you about. You got a chance to to interview Paul McCartney, and I had a chance to see that about John Lennon, his 80th birthday, and talk to him about their relationship and working relationship. I thought that was great. Where did you guys shoot that? Uh, shoot which? The, the McCartney interview talking about... Oh, at his know, house. That was at... Was, yeah, we was went, it out we, here? We went to his house out here. Yeah, we went to his house out here. That was great. And uh, yeah, that was amazing. And, that, um, you can find that on YouTube if you just... If you if you Google uh, Alec and Paul McCartney about talking... Because John Lennon would have been 80 and they did a whole bunch of things, rightly so. And that was a wonderful interview you did with him. Um, well, he was... You know, we were joking. I was at his house once at a party. You guys don't live too far uh, from each other. No. I was yeah. at his house at a party a few years ago. Uh, Dave Matthews performed at the thing one time, and I love him. I, I love Dave Matthews. So um, uh, I go to Paul's house. He's got all his uh, uh, family and friends there, a big party he had. And I'm there with, like, I don't know who it was, like uh, Seinfeld or... Um, uh, John Bon Jovi, and we're talking. And I think it was John Bon Jovi said, "He said, why don't you interview Paul for your podcast?" <laughs> and McCartney, yeah. who he, McCartney really is like, uh, really likes to give it to you. You know, he's very funny. Yeah. He goes, "Yeah, Alec, when am I going to be on your podcast? Right. How come I haven't been on your podcast?" And I'm like, "Very funny." You know, I mean, like you can, you can come on my podcast anytime you want to. But eventually, we ended up doing the. Um, um, the interview for Sirius XM for the Beatles channel. Cause I've done the guest DJ thing twice for them. Mm-hmm. I did, uh, you know, I played my Beatles uh, playlist a couple times cause I, you know, they can call me at two o'clock in the morning and I'll do that for them, you know? And then, um, I did the interview for Beatles, uh, channel, uh, Sirius XM to, um, to, for the anniversary of Lennon's death, right? The anniversary of Lennon's death, the, the 40 year anniversary of Lennon's death. Yeah. So we did that. And, uh, and, you know, Paul is, uh, you know, you, you have to try to be careful, not careful because he's very kind, but you, you know, I mean, this is one of the most famous and most interviewed people in history. 
Mm-hmm. And so you have to make sure you're trying some way to phrase the question differently that he hasn't answered it yeah. 60,000 times already. But so it, it was really yeah. cool. So it doesn't he's, go on he's autopilot. Always, he's always or... very. Yeah. So yeah, no, he's always very. I mean, if he doesn't want to do it, he doesn't do it. So if he's there with you, he's very giving and he's very. And, and I think that he also he just understands the way people do who are at that level, how much their, their artistry means to other people. Yeah. You know, he really he gets it that the, the people when people meet him, they're just. They, they're they're going to faint, you know, even now, <laughs> you know, it's crazy. And it's about the talent. It's about. The, yeah. Uh, I've, I've seen, I've seen him a few times <clears throat> just in passing and, and very luckily in Amagansett and he seems very comfortable with his fame, which is yeah. very comfortable with it. You know, he has. Yeah, well, the, well, the Peter Jackson movie's coming out next year. Yeah. And online they released a clip. I saw that. And Jackson. Yeah. And Jackson said, oh, this is a montage of where we're headed. And you really do see that Let It Be, and Michael Lindsay Hogg, who directed Let It Be, they do tilt toward the dissolution of the band and the negative and the kind of uh, um, the problems they were having. And Jackson has unearthed all this footage, 50 hours or 56 yeah. hours, whatever it is, some insane amount of footage. And, and you look at the clips and it's like, no, no. These guys loved doing this together. They were having a right. ball. You know, I mean, they had their problems and they were going to end it. They knew it was time to maybe... Uh, uh, do something different each of them respectively but they really really loved um you know these are guys who any relationship you talk to people about it's like true with anybody you could i could talk to you one day and you could say oh those guys just make me sick you know and they're really they have a really really um they're angry or they're bitter about something and then mm-hmm. you talk to them like a year later they're like oh that was the best time of my life sure you know? they're human so i mean i think when those guys were in there or when they were more um relaxed and they were less pressured they acknowledge that that was really the time of their lives but uh this last cut we're going to play now i had so many other songs i wanted to play but as usual we've uh uh we've painted ourselves into a corner here time wise right. so i'd love to play oh in the world of female vocalists i wanted to play uh um lauren hill from the fujis all these other people but you know uh um you know someone who i just worship as a as a vocalist is grace slick and i love this cut from uh, Starship, uh, Love Too Good. All right. Well, thanks for coming on. It's great to see you. I'll send you the check, and you're going to send me what? What are you going to send me in exchange for the check? I think they. I think they're going to. They're going to. They're loading a truck full of mugs right now with your name <laughs> on them. <laughs> God, that sounds so good. That sounds. They're going to. So they're going to send you a ton of mugs. Oh, and, that's so kind of you. And, Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Brian Cosgrove. <laughs> there's always a little Tony Bennett in there. There's a little Tony Bennett in there? No. What would Tony Bennett say? Merry, Merry Christmas to you, Brian Cosgrove. You're just a great, great, great radio talent out there, playing all the great hits uh, that are out there today. I love you, Tony. <clears throat> Alec, you're a good man. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. And this is uh, Love Too Good from Starship. 88.3 WLIW-FM. Thank you.